Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we have added question box to hear our community's thoughts on our episodes, polls to ask questions on what they think, and so much more. We highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Estás escuchando a So Violento, So Macabro Podcast. Yo soy Ali. Y yo soy Di. Y hoy los llevaremos a Caracas, Venezuela. Hope you guys are ready. Cuando se trata de la salud mental, requerimos buscar ayuda profesional para poder resolver nuestros problemas. A veces tomamos medicamento o usamos técnicas para ayudarnos a procesar nuestras emociones, o a veces nos toca terapias específicas para llegar a los lugares más profundos de nuestro psique. Pero ¿qué pasa cuando tu psiquiatra te propone una cura que tal vez es mucho más peor que la enfermedad? Este es el caso de Roxana Vargas. Advertencia, la información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tenga en cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso, violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning, the information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape and violence. Listen with caution. Roxana Vargas nació el 11 de septiembre de 1988 en la ciudad de Valle de la Pascua, en el estado de Guarico. A los 17 años se mudó a la ciudad de Caracas con su abuela para estudiar comunicaciones sociales en la Universidad Católica de Santa Rosa. A los pocos meses después de vivir en Caracas, se mudó a un apartamento con su hermana menor y... Eh, que estudiaba igual en Caracas. Ella estaba estudiando y realizando su pasatías, also known as an internship, en el programa Quién quiere ser un millonario, que se transmitía por el canal 
RCTV en la ciudad de Caracas. Roxana tenía una vida social como cualquier joven de su edad. Iba a la escuela, estudiaba. Sin embargo, con el transcurso del tiempo, empezó a tener trastornos alimenticios y comenzó a subir de peso, que luego la llevó a una depresión. Después de ver, uh, ver el, cri el crítico estado de su hija, eh, su mamá, Ana Teresa Quintero Morales, la consultó con el psiquiatra Edmundo Chirino, quien también fue su paciente de ella, de él, 15 años después, después de un, este, before, like, she, when she had a postpartum depression. Oh, fue psiquiatra la mamá. Yeah, so the, it was the mom's psychiatrist 15 years earlier. earlier. Okay. Edmundo Chirino nació en 1935. Fue médico, cirujano, licenciado y de psicología. Y doctor de ciencias con un título en, de la Universidad Central de Venezuela. Obtuvo su maestría de neuro, neuropsiquiátrica. These are complicated words for me. Basically, in neuroscience and psychology. Mm -hmm. From University of Oxford, Marshall in France, and Queen of Colleges from New York. Okay. So this man was like super smart. Legit. Like, really. Everything. Fue autor okay. de over like 700 books. He what? He was an author of 700 books. Okay. Like over 700 books. He also practiced um, psychology. Um, he was also like practicing many like neuro neurological uh, like like therapies with its patients so he he was known for having like a variety of different methods for mm -hmm. um, treating his patients so it was not unusual when he prescribed like a new ther like therapeutical thing for like his patients uh, pero él fue conocido por ser el uh, psiquiatra de Hugo Chavez so he was very into like political like status he also ran for like the presidency of venezuela in 1988 so okay. he was he was a psychiatrist a, like a psychologist he was a, a teacher an author and he was also involved in politics so he was like roles. he was like well-rounded diverse yeah very diverse person during her college years roxana dealt with a lot of struggles due to her weight she even had um scars because she tried to commit suicide mm. so her weight was like a big issue to her a way that roxana dealt with her emotions was writing her feelings out during this time she had a blog and in this blog um, she named it ana y mia mi reina y nosotras sus princesas which it was a pro-anorexic blog which is you know far-fetched Um, in this blog, um, she had like a few followers and they would share tips, share diets, like di diets, recipes and stuff and tell stories about like their anorexia. They also like shared like photos of themselves or photos of like, um, and, like it was just very pro anorexia. So everything had to do with like the weight, how you look. Um, it was a big part of her, um, her life. Hmm. Everything that happened to her, she wrote it in she her blog. Okay. 
Roxana explained um, that she had gone to um, a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist, right away from the first consultation, had diagnosed her with uh, schizophrenia. Which, when her parents found out, they were like, well, that's a rapid, you know. Like, it was odd. Yeah, they found it odd that, that it was, like, very automatic. Like, oh, she was diagnosed with, like, schizophrenia and depression but like how did you get to that point just by the consultation it wasn't even her first session like it was just like getting to know her and she wrote that in her blog you know and during this time dr chirillos uh developed like this rush and inaccurate uh diagnosis like she but, had never like um shown any symptoms like no to, like, based no, on her parents like the reports, only symptoms never... that she she kind of showed was the fact that she had um, uh, eating disorder and depression. More like self-esteem. Yeah, it was mostly self-esteem-wise, but interesting. But the but the doctor ended up saying that she was like dealing with schizophrenia. Okay. Um, during her first uh, consultation. And after diagnosing her, he recommended sleep therapy to help her with the, with her, like, basically her diagnosis and to help her, like, more profoundly. I don't like where this is going. I know. I know. I Trust me, when I heard this case, I was like, I don't like this at all. Because yeah. even as a person that, <laughs> that, you know, has no degree in psychology, I myself already know red flags everywhere. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I know that, you know, I work in the field. So I know that when we do an intake, we are getting to know every, I mean, agencies are they're different. Um, but we're getting to another person. We give diagnosis. But this one, it just seemed odd because you never said anything about the parents having any concerns of her behavior, like any erratic behavior, no. anything that would say, okay, her diagnosis of schizophrenia made sense. Exactly. So that's where it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. So she didn't have any symptoms. The only reason that her mom basically took her to this psychiatrist was the fact that she was first taken to the psychiatrist when she had um, postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And they realize my daughter has depression. She has symptoms of depression. Um, and she's also like having like an eating disorder. Yeah, I'm going to take her into the, you yeah. know, this psychiatrist to, to help her, you know, with this, to Makes deal sense. with it. Mm -hmm. And, wow. um, you know, automatically just assume that he was going to be able to help her. Um, when in fact, he, he did more damage than oh, like, help. Okay. In one of her blog entries, Roxana explains that during her first consultation, um, the doctor asked her very personal questions. He had started asking her if she had a boyfriend, in which she replied yes, although she really didn't have a boyfriend. She was in love with one of her friends called Mariano, but, um, you know, nothing came about it. They were just friends, um, and it, it, it just didn't it just didn't click they were just friends but she was in love with him after that doc dr chirinos followed up the question by asking if roxana was having any um sexual encounters with her boyfriend at this time roxana explains no and you know she didn't 
In fact, she was still a virgin. ¿Cuántos años tenía? She was 17 Seven, around this okay. age. So she was still like, she, she was very like not sexually active. She was just going mm -hmm. to college. You know, the whole system in South America is completely different from the United States. So over there, she was already, you know, get, going, going into like college and like, you know, figuring yeah. her life. During this time, Roxana also had an interaction with um, the, the doctor. It was very inappropriate, but Roxana just kind of brushed it off and like took it as like, oh, he's just being nice. They don't really like everywhere that I looked, they didn't really explain what happened. But uh, according to the details, I guess, like through her blog or something, it, it it's not a, it's a, inappropriate for like when the professional side of it. Okay. It wasn't like something that, you know, maybe you as a therapist would do to your patient. It was like very off. But to Roxana, I felt like, oh, he's just being nice. I mean, era su primera vez en terapia, I'm assuming, yeah. right? So, I'm assuming it's her first time yeah, uh, in a therapy. She doesn't know yeah. the structure of it. Yeah, so, you know, as a person that, you know, I, that I've taken therapy mm -hmm. for the first time, I would have been like, well, I don't know what to expect. I think this is normal, so I don't blame her for that. But definitely people found it odd. That okay, whatever we, it was. Yeah, whatever was it was, it. it found it odd. Yeah, because it's like um the whole, oh, are you in a relationship? Like, those are questions that, you know, we just want to know. Yeah. Like, are you in a relationship? Like, what's your status? You know, those are normal questions. But whatever it was, that interaction, algo pasó. Yeah. It just wasn't normal. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't appropriate. It was, yeah, it was inappropriate. But you didn't find out what it was. No, because it, it didn't, like, everywhere that I looked, either didn't mention it or okay. they were very vague about it. So Pero algo pasó. There, there was nothing, like, concrete, but it definitely weird. Okay. Even though, you know, it was inappropriate, Roxana dismissed it. Actually, she thought that the doctor was just being affectionate towards her. And her first sessions with um, the doctor, Roxana mentions that her, uh, to her mother that she needed to um, to stop at the pharmacy. And her mother was like, well, why do you need to stop at the pharmacy? And she explained that she needed to get um, pads because she was on her menstrual cycle. And the mom was like, her mom and her have a very very close like relationship like really really close and her mother kind of kept track with like her cycle and she was like this is off like your cycle isn't until like further on like mm -hmm. why do you need pads and she was like oh i just need pads like like i don't i don't i just need it it probably just came early early okay. so her mother really didn't you know think yeah. about it during her section second session they meet up at the at the lobby at the consultation while her daughter's inside she meets this other woman by the name of irma her daughter was t doing the same thing she was doing sleep therapy and um they start you know having a conversation you know how moms do they start having a conversation start talking and um irma tells her oh yeah my daughter also had her menstrual cycle after leaving therapy so the moms just you know start talking and they're like well that's odd But they were like, well, you know, maybe it's like a side effect on the sedative that, you know, had to go on with like, you know, the sleep therapy. It probably is like a, a side effect of the medication or, or something. So that's like what they concluded to. Mm. But they also dismissed it. A lot of red flags here. Um, so in total, she had five therapy sessions. During this time, she, you know, went each time. 
and each time she had to be on sedatives. On her fourth session, which is one before her last one, um, she goes in there, gets, you know, drugged up, and <laughs> she says that once she's waking up and it's close to time that she ends her session, she wakes up to a light in her eyes. She describes it to be a bright light. So she really can't distinguish where she, like what's going on. During this time, she says that she feels something in her mouth. She doesn't clarify what it is, but she says that she feels something in her mouth. And then slowly she starts realizing that she doesn't have her bra on. And during that time, she feels hands going underneath her waist, like towards her private area. When she finally distinguishes what's going on, she realizes that the doctor is actually inserting his member into her mouth. And then after that, that he's inserting his fingers into her vagina. When she realizes what's going on, she pushes him away. Quickly, the doctor dresses himself up, looks towards her, and says, Don't worry. Usually when you wake up from the medication, you start realizing that, you know, some things aren't, like, they're not correct. Kind of saying, like, this you're is all an illusion. Like, it's kind of your, make you, the medication makes you see things. Yeah. Make you see things that are, that are not there. So he didn't even explain, oh like, oh, you know, this is not what's going on or nothing. He just says, this is all something part of the medication. You start seeing things that aren't there. Oh, my God. So during this time, she's in shock. She leaves her session and she goes with her mom. She still doesn't know how to explain to her mom what went on. Um, but she, end up, she ends up going to a mall. And in that mall, she finds her best friend, uh, Valentina. Her best friend and her start, you know, wandering around the mall like you do when you're, you know, a teenage girl. And she tells her everything that happened in her session. She goes out, uh, Roxana goes off to the bathroom you know to do what she needs to do Valentina tells her mom everything that happened in her session and she says I mean I'm gonna beg her to tell you what happened but you have to you know not react to anything so when Roxana comes up Valentina tells her you have to tell your mom Mm -hmm. your mom needs to know what happened to you because this is not normal a good friend exactly so she begs her and begs her and she finally, Roxana finally tells her mother what happened. Her mother, in shock, decides to book an appointment with the gynecologist that, that day to get, you know, checked. And like I said, her mother and her have a really close relationship. And when they went to the gynecologist, he did the exam and confirmed that she was being abused um, without her consent. When they finish the whole... Um, a session with the gynecologist um, her mother asked her like are you still a virgin and her daughter says yes I'm still a virgin so it confirms that 
everything that was going on was that was without her consent. She had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And she was being abused. Por eso necesitaba las toallas femeninas. Yes. Como que sangraba después de cada sesión. De cada sesión. So, se le hacía raro que she had, basically, she was bleeding because of the abuse, not because she was actually menstruating. Yeah. So, cuando termina la sección con el ginocólico, la, um, la, su mamá empieza a pensar, puedo ir a, la, a las autoridades and press charges, mm-hmm. but they won't believe me. Because let's recall, mm-hmm. he's a famous uh, psychologist. Yeah. There's no way that she can go to the authorities and have them believe her, especially with such a political pull that he has with the with Venezuela. So that's why she didn't press charges. Yeah. But instead, what she did is that Ana Teresa se llevó a Roxana de la ciudad de Caracas de regreso a su pueblo donde, donde originalmente son. Y allí le encontró un psiquiatra que finalmente sí la digno, like, diagnosed her with um, an eating disorder with anorexia, bulimia, depression. Durante sus sesiones su terapista la diagnosticó con uh, trastornos bipolares y que su causa de su um, ansiedad uh, era resultado de su anorexia y su bulimia. Y también su depresión todavía estaba allí, pero eh, empezó a empeorarse por el trauma que había pasado. So she had bipolar disorder. She was anorexic and bulimic. Yes. And she anxiety. had anxiety. anxiety and she had as depression. Well. And depression, it was there, but it just got Wait, worse because yeah. of the trauma. Yes. Okay. Um, Roxana empezó a, a avanzar bastante de sus terapias. Al punto Good. que su terapista la dejó, le dijo que sí, que podía regresar a Caracas a estudiar y a volver a su trabajo. Which, you know, was great. That, yeah. was, that was, you know, good. Pero también le dijo, cuando regresara a Caracas, tenía que buscar un terapista para que no recayera y para que no buscara al doctor. Al otro, yeah. Because, this is one thing that I didn't mention before, on her fifth and last session, so after, you know, the whole traumatic event happened and the thing with her gynecologist happened, on her last session... She still went back? She went to her last session. And they... They actually had sex. I know. Let me let me let me show you a quote, because this okay. is yeah. Sorry, this is what I completely forgot to mention. Okay, but I know. This is why. Okay, let me just read the quote. Based on her blog, they found this in her blog. Ese día que me entregué a mi psiquiatra tuve mucho miedo, pero trato bien, me trató bien, me dijo hermosa y muchas cosas más. Me besaba muy sensual, de modo que no lo olvidé pronto. Después de ese día, estuvimos hablando mucho. Me dijo que iba, íbamos a volver a repetirlo. Ojo, pero sin compromiso. Además que es una persona mucho mayor que yo. Sin mentir, debe tener como unos 60 años, o tal vez más. Ayer lo volví a hacer con él. 
pero no, con, no como tanto como la primera vez, ya que estábamos en eh, horario de consulta. I know, your face of disgust says it all. <risa> creo, que, creo que sin querer le estoy agarrando con cariño, pero con eso mucho malo porque yo quería a Mariano y al psiquiatra solo me quiere por objeto. No sé qué hacer. A no sé si les hablo, hablo había dicho, pero mi primera vez no lo hice con él, con él, Mariano, sino con el psiquiatra. Imagínense en cómo estoy. I don't know what to say. Exactly. Exactly. I completely forgot to mention that, which I'm, she, it blew yeah, my mind. She went back and her mom let her go back? The thing is that her mom kind of didn't know. In the beginning oh. sessions of it all, her mom didn't know. So her last session, she ended up having sex with her psychiatrist yeah, but for the first time. Llevó. Yes. No, 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 no. Oh, no se fue yes. Porque sí. su mamá no vivía con ellas. Su mamá vivía en el pueblo y venía okay. a visitarlas a Caracas. So she actually sometimes would take her, sometimes she wouldn't. Got it. But based on what happened before that, she thought, you know, she wasn't going to return. Yeah. But she actually did. Ay, Roxana. Yeah, Ay, Roxana. Ay, Roxana. So, <laughs> so that's why, like, the, the, her therapist had, to, had mentioned to her, like, you can't go you back can't to go see back. him. So you have to find yourself a, a, a therapist in the city that could help you through it. Because yeah. you can't, you know see him again yeah but poco después de regresar a Caracas Roxana volvió a ver al doctor Chirino of course she did y mantuvo una relación sexual con él uh, like it kept happening throughout time durante ese tiempo Roxana empezó a tener una relación dependiente emocional con el doctor al poco tiempo, su familia y sus amigos se enteraron de, lo que, de la relación y trataron de hacerlo, hacerla en, llegar en razón uh -huh. y decirles que no estaba no bien, estaba bien. Yeah. que esto no era bueno para su salud mental, uh -huh. pero Roxana no, no se acaso. Sadly. Roxana esperaba que la relación de amantes se evolucionara a algo más. En mayo del 2008, después de que las esperanzas se desvanecieron, Roxana confrontó al doctor y le dijo que iba a publicar su relación sexual y que juntaría pruebas sobre su abuso que tuvo con, e con ella y otros pacientes. Amenazó con terminar su carrera para que nadie fuera a su consultorio. So, let me remind you. Roxana works at a TV station as like, uh, a, like because of her internship. Hmm. So she had like, she had ways yeah, connections. to connections to, to kind of expose him to the okay. media. Also, the channel that she worked for, the main person in that, um, that uh, TV station um, had confrontations with this doctor. So he knew that by by her exposing him, they would definitely ruin his career as a mm -hmm. doctor. So he was not he was not about to go down without a fight. Yeah. He was not gonna let her. No. Edmundo Chirino conocía la vida de Roxana 
sabía que ella tenía accesos con los medios de televisión y gracias a su trabajo podía hacerlo. El 12 de julio de 2008, Roxana se encontró con Mariano. Um, fueron a un centro comercial y estaban uh, platicando, like, you know, just walking around, looking at um, different artifacts and stuff. And they were actually going to meet up to write, like, a guion for school. Y él le iba a ayudar a ella. Como eso de las 6 de la tarde, su teléfono empieza a sonar, y a sonar, y a sonar, y a sonar. Mariano a este punto sabía de la relación que Mar de Roxana tenía con el doctor. Y él varias veces le dijo que no le gustaba eso, que, que estaba con el doctor y que tenía esa relación. Pero en este tiempo, he kind of gave up with, um, you know, She wasn't going to listen. She wasn't going to listen, so he's like, what's the point? So, Mariana, como sabía que... I mean, Mariana, uh, Roxana sabía que Mariano no le gustaba al doctor y empezó a, ya, a decirle men mentiras. Diciéndole, oh, voy a... Voy a I'm going to meet up with so-and-so. Oh, or I'm going to meet up yeah. with this person. So, en este día, Roxana le dijo a Mariano, oh, voy a juntarme con mi mejor amiga Irma. Y nos vamos a ir a ver un lugar. Mariano dijo, okay, and walked her off to get a taxi to go to her destination, basically. On her way to las oficinas del doctor, she sent a text to Irma, the friend that she was going to actually meet. She was actually going to meet her, mm -hmm. but she ended up going to the doctor's uh, um, office. Um, but she sends a text before she, she gets there. And she says, Irma, voy a ver a tu sabes quién. And that was the last text she ever sent. Mm -hmm. Trágicamente, después del de, de mensaje, cuando no escucharon nada de, de Roxana for the next couple of days, um, they realized that her calls would just automatically go to voicemail. They weren't getting answered. So they were like, She's, there's something wrong. So, empiezan a buscarla. Y empiezan a, uh, you know, putting bulletins and everywhere about this missing person. But during this whole time, they can't find her. And the police start to ask her parents questions. Of like, who would be the main suspect of the crime? And the mom automatically says, the doctor. The doctor. Uh-huh. On July 14th of 2008, Roxana's body was found in um, El Parque Caiza in Caracas. The main suspect has always been Edmundo Chirino. The police automatically um, investigated him and determined that the doctor was, all of his phone calls were mainly towards her. That the, the records show that she was the main, sus the main suspect that was involved into her murder. Since he's a very public figure, he was coming out in the news a lot and they were asking him questions like, did you do it? Or, you know, how did you murder her? Whatever. Uh -huh. And he kept denying it. Every single time he said, why is it that when it's one of my patients, you automatically think that I did it? So as a public figure, he would come out a lot in, t in, in the news talking about the case. But it turns out that 
when they investigated his office, they found her blood, one of her earrings. It's the same earring that they found in the body that they found in the park. Mm. So they found blood, the earring, and they found over 1,200 photographs of women, like, sedated. And in those photos, they found pictures of Roxana asleep while she was in sleep therapy. So he took pictures. He took pictures of all the evidence. He can't say he didn't do it. Exactly. There's evidence. Exactly. So, you know, the proof is quote-unquote in the pudding, I guess. Edmundo Chirinos fue procesado y condenado a 20 años de prisión por la muerte de Roxana, donde debía pagar condena de, en la cárcel de Yari. En el 2012, solo cuatro años después de la muerte de Roxana, le otorgaron arresto domicilio, which is basically house arrest, based on his age, because he was already around 70 years old. Okay. But on August 24th of that same year, he was found dead in his house. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I was not expecting that. I know. I wasn't either. But it turns out that the begin in the beginning of August, he was sent to the hospital because he had pneumonia. Okay. So they're assuming that based on la pneumonia que tenía, um, he just didn't get better and passed away in his house from okay. from that because of that. So as of today, the mom. Um, had an interview with um, El Las Noticias Candela where she explains that God ended up basically having her daughter be murdered so this man could be exposed um, of her crimes and ended up um, dying to save other women. Hmm. Which still a bit hurtful because when you see it that way you're like it someone had to die in order for him to get caught yeah but it's still a life you know yeah but that's like her way of processing the grief yeah sadly um that same year of roxana's death her father passed away shortly after Mm um ana teresa which is roxana's mother explains that the death of his daughter really affected him to the yeah. point that he wasn't eating and he wasn't sleeping. And he cried almost every single day because of depressed. the murder of, of her daughter. Yeah. And the mother quotes again saying, um, he didn't only kill Roxana, he also killed my husband. So that's another death that I yeah. have to carry. So sadly... This is the case of Roxana Vargas and uh, Dr. Edmundo Chirinos. Wow. Yeah. This was intense. It was. It's very frustrating for me, being a therapist, knowing that there's therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, like this person who took advantage of his role. Yes. And murder someone. Yeah. A person who was just looking for help. It's frustrating that there's people like him. Yeah. 
especially the way that I see it is, um, you know, especially now that mental health is very, um, talked about in the media and like how it's like more accepted, how we still find ourselves with people that, um, take their profession and take advantage of that situation. Oh, yeah. Especially of people's like vulnerabilities. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, within many of the articles, they also said, you know, she was battling with a lot of self-esteem issues. Oh, yeah. um, He made her feel good. And, yeah, and this doctor was making her feel good and making her feel good about, you know, her body and calling her pretty and giving her the attention that she probably wanted from, you know, Mariano or or anybody else. Anyone else. And um, she wasn't getting it because, you know, she felt she was ugly or, or fat, sadly. Or, um, or she just felt too depressed, you know, to feel any sort of self-esteem. Yeah. And, um, I feel that, that this doctor took advantage of the situation and she didn't deserve to die that way. No, she didn't. <clears throat> because she's all, all she wanted to do was to feel loved because she wasn't feeling the love within herself and like loving who she is as a person that she felt she needed to love somebody and that person wasn't reciprocating and um instead of dealing it with in a different way um he decided to murder her and i don't mean that you know her exposing him is you know a great thing um i i feel like she should have done it without telling him that would be my (laughs) my um point of view but he still took advantage of her and still manipulated her till the very end even like by calling her and like telling her to meet him at his office um just goes to show that uh how much um power he had over her oh he had a lot of power over her yeah he just it's it's upsetting it and is. she probably thought by like telling him oh i'm gonna expose you that he might be like oh no 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 like it's okay like she was hoping that he would yeah, exactly. Like that, she would that he would Change move. He would like, evolve yeah. that relationship to yeah. something more than what it was. Yeah, like you know what? Like okay, let's, let's give it a try and let's see if this works. Maybe that was her thinking because yeah. se escucha como que ella sí lo quería. Yeah, por lo como lo describí, like yeah. the way you described her, it sounds like she did like him, but yeah. he was just. I mean, he did this to many women. Many women. Yeah. So like she wasn't the only one he was oh, no. abusing. And, and I mean, she, maybe she was the only one that was like conscious about what was going on, you know. Sadly, but yeah. Uh, but I also feel like she, she, she really was hoping for more than what she was. What was um, what was given to her? And, um, definitely abuse of power. Um, she was an easy victim to, for him. Like she was vulnerable. She was seeking love. She needed that attention, and he knew. Yeah. He knew. He knew. He knew how to get to her. Yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy. Yeah. He, 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 he knew what he was doing. He abuses power. Definitely. Abuse of power is, um, it is definitely a crazy thing, especially when you think about how sometimes power over people really, you know, changes their perspective and how they treat others. And this guy was... He, even the way he talks in his interviews, you could tell he was a very like cocky person and very narcissistic. Um, because he, he knew he had his way with um, 
with anything, whether it became with like politicians or like his uh, fame as a you know a psychologist because he was really well known in uh, Venezuela. Um, yeah. He definitely felt like he had like Venezuela in the palm of his hands, and um, he he felt like he could get away with it. Yeah. yeah. Go to the authorities and yeah. report him yeah. because of all of this, because of the power he had. Maybe yeah. they wouldn't have listened to her. Probably. I mean, especially when you think about the whole Me Too movement that you know that went that's going on, where like people are finally listening to women and listening to you know what they have to say and and the abuse of power that men have over them. And I feel that like slowly it's becoming. A, a more open space for women but we still you know face some discriminations when it comes to, to anything work. but um overall i feel like back then we were, we were silenced way more than we are yeah that was what 13 years ago yeah yeah there's so, still a lot of work now that needs to be done yeah definitely but um oh, yeah there was the, this is the earth case for the week and uh, definitely a a tough one yeah to um to research because it it, it went it, it it hits home when it when you think about it you're like you go for help for, to these people and yeah. the abuse of that power it's like you're the most vulnerable when you're in the office of a therapist a psychiatrist a psychologist and for someone to take advantage of a person like you know a person and that's not okay exactly it isn't yeah, so uh, we open up the conversation to you guys, and um, we'd like to know what your thoughts on this case is, and uh, if you have any information regarding this case, uh, we would like to, you know, hear about that too. Um, you know, we are open to the conversation. Uh, you could also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and TikTok if you feeling fancy. Um, our username is svsm underscore podcast and you can find us on Facebook as Soy Violento Soy Macabro Podcast and um, yeah uh, let us know what you think but yeah uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts also please do all the good stuff yes please um, and we'll talk to you guys next week bye, bye. stay spooky <laughs>